Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. There's a little bit of a theme going on this morning. Happy Bacon Day, International Bacon Day today. Whoever thought we would have been celebrating International Bacon Day in church, right? Officially, of course, it's the, it's the Saturday. So first Saturday in September, a couple of you know, interesting facts for you. Uh, first Saturday in September is the official uh, International Bacon Day. A little bit of conjecture about when it was established, uh, either in 2000 or in 2004, somewhere in that time period, by a bunch of students in uh, the University of Colorado, who obviously had more time on their hands than, than they should have, right? But uh, there's a Republic of Bacon that's been established. Um, this is what Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge, uh, says about International Bacon Day. Bacon Day celebrations typically include social gatherings during which participants create and consume dishes containing bacon. Surprisingly enough, uh, including bacon-themed breakfasts, lunches, dinners, desserts, and drinks. Hey, <laughs> I never knew that there was a, a bacon-flavored drink. This is bacon soda. I thought it was quite clever rather than baking soda. But bacon, bacon soda. I don't know if I'd be up for, uh, for trying that. But hey, if you have been celebrating uh, this morning by having a bacon breakfast or whatever with your family, then make sure you post some photos on Facebook and, and share them around. We'd, uh, we'd love to. And uh, as we mentioned last week, if you've got some alternatives to bacon, bacon's not really your thing, then make sure you post them as well. We'd, uh, we'd love to be able to see them. Uh, spiritual significance of, uh, of International Bacon Day? Yeah, um, bit of a head scratch there. Mate. Cheerful heart does the heart uh, does does us good. I don't know. Anyway, hey, but beyond um, a focus around bacon this morning, we wanted to obviously uh, focus in on Father's Day and this and this question of what has being a dad taught me about God. What has being a dad taught me about God? Let's pray, and then uh, we'll jump in. God, we so thank you for who you are, the, the perfect dad, the ultimate dad. And whether our experience of our earthly dads has been uh, good or otherwise, Lord, we pray that this morning we would just lean into the father heart of God. Father, that we would be able to draw close to you, we'd be able to see you in perhaps a new light, and that today would just be a day where we're encouraged uh, as people, not just as fathers, we'd be encouraged to, to turn our hearts and our attention towards you, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we begin this morning, I want to just, I want to just acknowledge that, um, you know, uh, today is a great day to celebrate fathers and so forth, but, but it is also a day that can have a particular pain point 
for people. You know, maybe, uh, maybe you've had a really difficult relationship with your dad, you know, like Jacinda's prayer uh, earlier on from Pete Gregg, which is such a beautiful prayer, you know. Uh, maybe it's been a difficult relationship that you've had with your own dad, or you're, um, you're grieving a, a lost dad this Father's Day. Uh, or for some reason there's been broken relationship uh, either with your own father or maybe with your children or grandchildren. Um, maybe it's the, the challenge of desperately wanting to be a dad and not being able to for some reason. And, and if that's the case for you, if today it does have that kind of pain point to it, I mean really it's just a chance to acknowledge it and to, to say that we care, that God cares, and that it's kind of, it, it's okay to be in that, in that wrestle, you know, of recognizing, yep, that this is a, a good day to celebrate, but there is also some challenge associated with it. And so, Today, kind of as we look at this question of what has being a dad taught me about God, it's not, it's not limited, obviously, to fathers in the natural sense. It's, it's just this encouragement that as we turn our attention towards God, who, who is, is within Scripture, is uh, told to be this perfect heavenly father to us. It's, it's kind of just, you know, sometimes things in the natural can, uh, can teach us something about the supernatural and the spiritual. And so as we kind of look at this, this relationship, uh, it's this opportunity to say and take a step back, what is it that we can learn, you know? What is it that we can learn as we look at our kids? What is it we can, we can learn as, as we look at being a dad? Bible talks about this, this notion, this idea, this truth that God is our Father. You know, there's the, there's the story of the prodigal son uh, who, 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 who squanders his father's wealth, but when he returns home, his father has open arms to welcome him home. There's a story about a lost sheep that goes astray. The shepherd goes hunting for the lost sheep uh, to find him like the heavenly, our heavenly Father goes looking for us as we go astray. It talks about how he is a father to the fatherless, a dad who gives generously to his kids. He's, he's a loving father. Probably one of my, my favorite kind of moments around uh, the father heart of God within Scripture is that moment that, um, where John the Baptist is baptizing people and Jesus comes along and he says to John, you know, you've got to baptize me. And John's like, what the blazes? You're Jesus. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to baptize you, but they have this interchange. And it leads to John, yes, baptizing Jesus. Imagine baptizing Jesus. <laughs> he baptizes Jesus. And Matthew 3 uh, just recounts this interaction of what happens in that moment. And it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. I love, I, I, I love it that it says, With him I am well pleased. Uh, in the message version, uh, it, it puts it like this. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. Or in the New Living Translation, who brings me great joy. 
Don't you love that? You know, it was kind of like, he could have stopped. This is my son. But he adds that in, whom I am well pleased with. I love it because it displays something of the Father's heart towards Jesus, but also towards us as his adopted kids. You know, if we have invited Christ into our life, if we have asked him to be in our worlds, you know, the Bible declares that we become adopted kids. Uh, Again, Romans 8. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so when we pose this question, you know, what is it that being a dad has taught me about God? It's, it's a good reason to ask the question because of the relationship that we see of the Father heart of God towards us. And it's also a good question uh, because Jesus, throughout his life and ministry, he, 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 he drew, drew us towards the life of kids. You know, it's uh, statements like, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Or, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus wants us to to look and to learn from not just our own children, but children in general around us. Uh, I know that for me, becoming a, a dad just over 11 years ago, You know, there's a lot that I've learned about God through looking at my kids, through that experience of being, man, it's been a a heart-opening and eye-opening experience. I'm not going to kind of give you all all the things that that I've uh, observed or noticed through the years, but I do want to kind of just highlight in on some this morning. Whether you happen to be a dad here watching or not is not the point. I I pray and hope that these will be an encouragement to you as you think about your Father in heaven, how he sees you and his heart towards you. Before I give some of my ideas on this, though, my thoughts on this, uh, we we pose the same question to some dads uh, in church. And, uh, and I want to have you look at their responses. So let's watch this little vid that we've got of them. Hi, team. Um, I always thought I knew how much God loved me until we had our first child. Uh, I looked down at her and thought, wow, wow, God loves me more than that. Um, it's absolutely crazy. A second thing uh, being a dad has taught me about God is it's given me just a tiny glimpse of the massive weight of responsibility that he must carry um, in looking after and caring for his children. Luckily, of course, he's God um, and he's big enough. (laughs) Um, Finally, I often get asked in my job uh, why God made humans in the first place. Why bother with us? And I look at my kids and I know it's because of the joy and delight um, that it is to be part of their lives every day. Uh, from the ridiculous cuteness that they uh, were as a little person, um, to right through the teenage years at our place. Uh, yes, there's frustrating moments and some bumpy parts, but they're far outweighed by the joy and delight um, of living life with them. Bless you guys. Happy Father's Day. Being a dad has taught me just how valuable 
the, it is the little interactions in life. So when my kids come to me and they tell me about what's going on and they talk about just the little things, right? Who they're playing with, who they're seeing, um, what they're excited about, what they're nervous about. And in the same way, I think God just really wants uh, us to come to Him. Not just with the big things, not just with the things that we can do for Him or do with Him, but just to share our lives with Him, to be open, um, to invite that intimacy from just sharing the day-to-day stuff. There have been many times as a father that I've looked at my children and at the same time been aware that God, my father, has been watching me, watching my children. What about those times all of us have stood at the bed, head of our children as they sleep, and we just watch them in in awe and wonder and smile, and at the same time we're aware that God in heaven is looking down and smiling at us, and I've done the same with my grandchildren. Being a dad is an honour and a privilege, sort of brag, but look at that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be wrong if I said there weren't days where I get grumpy, tired, get over it. Uh, but there's also so much joy and pleasure and fulfilment in being with this crew and uh, being a father. And just maybe that's how God feels about us. Kia ora, I'm Simeon. Um, I was raised without a father and so for me a lot of these Christian teachings about God as our dad were quite theoretical. You know, I understood them with my mind but they didn't really connect to my experience. And so it wasn't really until I became a father myself that I started to connect some of these understandings with the heart. And I think if you As long as love exists only as a mental exercise, it's always going to be limited. Very two-dimensional because love isn't a thing of the mind. It's a thing of the heart. It's a thing of emotion and feeling. And it's not until I was holding my own children and loving them and helping them to, um, to be raised well that I think I started to connect the dots on what it means for God to be our Father, to love us and to give Himself for us. And how He says in His Word that, you know, just as we are... We're fallen creation and yet we love our children and we give good gifts to our children. How much more so should our Heavenly Father who is perfect not want to give us all things? And so for me, uh, Father's Day is a good reflection on how much I love my kids and what they mean to me uh, at that heart level and not just in the mind and how I know that's how God feels about us. How He loves us, He treasures us, He wants the best for us. He's cheering us on at every stage uh, and He wants to freely give us all good things. Bless you. Happy Father's Day. Being a dad has taught me how deep the Father's love for us, how deep God's love for us is. I've mad love for my baby girl turns two in November and I wouldn't give her to save someone else's life. Yet God did that. John 3.16. I have no answer why. Why should I gain from his reward? Ready? When a slide. Whoa! Yeah! How good is that, eh? Hey, thanks so much, Ben, Matt, uh, Peter, Neil, Simeon, and Keon. Uh, thanks for sharing, uh, sharing your, your thoughts and doing it through the medium that we need to do it with at the moment. I think for me, one of the things that uh, has been important that I've realised in this journey of discovering uh, in answer to this question is that being there makes a difference. 
that being there makes a difference. I must admit that it has, uh, has waned a little bit uh, as my, my two girls who are 11 and 6 now uh, have got a little bit older, but my favourite sound in the whole world uh, was that sound when I came into the garage at the end of the day, Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! I didn't do anything in particular. I didn't bring any gifts. It was just the mere fact that I was there. And even though that, uh, that sound has kind of changed through the years, uh, it's still heard in different ways. It's heard in questions like, Dad, can you come down to watch soccer today? Uh, can you come to the, the ballet recital that I'm doing or to the assembly that I'm getting a certificate in? Uh, you know, just, just the mere fact of being there makes a huge difference. They're all questions that, that reinforce this idea. And, you know, when God is present in our lives, it makes a difference. When we turn towards him, we can see things differently. We can react differently. We can treat people differently. He gives us a different perspective. He gives us purpose and hope. His presence, his simply being there in our life makes a difference. Uh, Psalm 16 verse 11, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. You know, as we orientate our, our, our lives towards God's presence, there's a shift that can take, can take place. Because, because he's there, joy can become uh, possible and attainable. Peace can be found. True and authentic, fulfilling life actually becomes a possible reality. And on the other hand, uh, when one of my kids like, walks into the room, especially like in a crowded room, like there's just something... There's something intrinsic, sort of uh, uncontrollable almost, that just draws my attention towards them. You know, it, it, it is kind of like that moment, oh, there's, there's, there's my girl. And again, in the same way, as we just turn ourselves towards God, there is this sense, what if he reacted the same way to you when you turn up to him? When you, when you turn up, and now in whatever way, whatever shape and form that looks like within your world, within my world, when we turn up and worship, when we turn up to pray, when we turn up to say, God, just I want to have you involved in my life. What if he has that same perspective, that same thought towards us, like one of our kids walking into the, into the room? Oh, there's my boy, there's my girl. Just simply being there makes a difference. And you have that attitude of, God, hey, here I am. Here I am, just turning up again. It matters to God. He notices you. He notices me. So I guess the encouragement is just simply to allow God to turn up in your own life and turn up yourself to him, to God. Second thing, second thing that I've learned from being a dad is to always remain curious. Don't you, don't you love uh, kids' questions at times? <laughs> we, we've, in our um, house over the last probably couple of months or so, we've had a little bit of a rodent issue. And uh, we noticed it one night, I think we were sitting around the table, and we saw just this, 
this little tail uh, get in behind the fridge or around by the oven or somewhere in the kitchen. And we're like, whoa, hey, uh, did, did I just see? And sure enough, uh, we tracked it down and we found a little mouse. And man, they're really hard to catch, eh? Of course, as the, uh, as the man in the home, I've got a wife and two daughters. It became my responsibility uh, to try and solve that problem. So we, uh, we got some traps. We got some of those traps that are like, they're supposed to be really good, like uh, circular, there's a little tunnel that you go in, the mouse goes in, is meant to get distracted by what's going on, um, uh, poke its head through, and then, you know, it's dealt to. But, man, we got to the stage where this, this mouse, if, as long as I was still, I could just watch it. I could watch it walking around the kitchen. It would come through the little tunnel in the, in the trap. It would have a little sniff around. And then it would kind of just laugh at me. You know? <laughs> just, oh, I'll just carry on now. We were sitting watching TV one night, and a uh, mouse ducked in uh, behind the curtain. And so, of course, there ensues this, uh, this grand chase to try and get it. Uh, eventually, got it and appropriately disposed of it. And then from there, we've got some better traps, and we're kind of on a count of four or five uh, because there was an accidental trap and release. So I'm not sure if we caught the same one twice or, or what. But for my, for my youngest girl, for Annalise, when, uh, when the penny dropped about what Dad was doing with these mice... She, she asked this very innocent question. But Dad, isn't that one of God's precious creatures? <laughs> oh, oh, man, the heartstrings that are pulled in a moment like that. Oh, oh. Just, just very innocently, she's like, hey, what, what? I thought we were meant to care for God's creatures. So I'm not sure how theologically you would approach that one, but we had a little discussion about, you know, us being over the animals, et cetera, et cetera. But man, just the, just the innocence of that, of that question was so beautiful. And there's been lots of great questions through the years. You know, uh, why did Jesus die on the cross? Uh, who made God? Are witches real? Um, and, uh, you know, very important ones like where do boogers come from? You know, those sorts of good questions. <laughs> But as we, as we grow older, as we grow up, so to speak, it's so easy for us to lose our curiosity, to lose just this, this, this investigative sort of perspective towards life. And I, I, I think one of the things that my kids have taught me is just how important curiosity is, curiosity towards God, the things of God, but also curiosity towards other people. You know, the people around you, the people that you come across in your world, finding out what makes them tick, what's important to them, what are they passionate about, what makes them sad, mad, glad, you know. Curiosity is really important for us to have. And I think one of the things that God's heart towards us is, is to remain curious, to remain with that sense of, what can I, what can I learn from this person's perspective on life? Always remain curious. The, the next lesson that I've learned has, uh, has resonated pretty deeply with me. And it uh, was, we've, we've talked about this before, Rachel, my wife, and I. Uh, around about nine and a half years ago, uh, she was full-term pregnant, uh, but gave birth, unfortunately, to a, a stillborn child who we named Summer Joy. 
And of course, as a dad, there is a huge amount of pain that's associated uh, with the loss of a child. And uh, through that journey, I think one of the things that I came to to most appreciate about God was that he got my pain, that he understood what I was walking through. And I came to learn at a very deep uh, level that compassion is part of his nature. That our God is compassionate towards us. The reality is that that God feels your pain. He feels my pain. Um, Isaiah 42 verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break, a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In other words, if you're, if you're feeling battered and bruised uh, by life, then God's intention and heart is not to, to snuff you out while you're down. His intention is to show you compassion and love and care. There's been many times where my kids have, have kind of come to me really upset about something. And I, I, I've just known that it's not a big deal, you know? Like, it, it could be uh, a broken toy uh, that can be easily fixed or something that I know that they, they won't be concerned about in a day's time even. But yet my, my heart as a dad is still to show them compassion. Yes, sure, to bring some perspective to it, but, but my, when I see them in pain, when I see them upset about something, there is something within my heart that draws me towards them, towards showing compassion to them and care, to give them a hug, to tell them that it's going to be okay. You know, sometimes they obviously come with things that can't be so easily solved. And there is this heart to just say, man, that's tough, I'm sorry, uh, and be there with them. You know, compassion is part of God's heart towards us. He, even when he can, he can see the, the ability or the way to kind of fix the problem, so to speak, his heart is still towards us. He still cares for us. He still has compassion for you, for me. Again, Psalm 116 and verse 5, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Compassion is part of his nature. Next lesson. You're still with me? All right? Doing okay there? The next lesson that I've learned from being a dad is that obedience brings growth. This one isn't necessarily quite so, uh, so comfortable at times. Um, in fact, I, I remember, um, I think when Ella was about two, uh, Rachel will correct me if I've got that wrong, uh, she was merrily dancing away to the wiggles in her room, as you do as a two-year-old. Uh, Rachel and I were in different parts of the house, and then we just, we heard this, this scream, you know, one of those screams that you just know that something's actually really wrong. <laughs> and so we came, and she came out clutching her arm, and long story short, you know, yes, she had broken her, a, a bone just above, just above her elbow. 
And, uh, and she was in a huge amount of pain. And of course, within that process, you know, went into the med medical center, needed to get it x-rayed. The radiologist is kind of talking to me to give her instructions. Uh, and, you know, there was just, I just remember this moment of needing to tell her how to hold her arm, you know. And her little, her little eyes and heart, I could just, she, she was just kind of stealing herself uh, to say, okay, I'm, I've got to do this. Uh, I've got to just trust what Dad's telling me to do, and uh, and there she was, just you know, putting her arm and holding it in the right place. I remember her saying at one point, "Daddy, are we done yet?" But the reality is that in order for that bone to be fixed, for there to be um, healing that could take place, there did need to be that moment of trust, that moment of obedience. You know, sometimes. Sometimes when we are obedient towards God, it's not necessarily comfortable, but it does bring healing and it does bring growth. Not all of the decisions around being obedient to God are necessarily uncomfortable, but some of those ones that really bring growth within our life can tend to be. Sometimes to expose the break, sometimes to expose where the pain is, there is this level of discomfort. But we can trust God. He, because of his heart towards us, we can trust him to lead us forward into a good place. He, he's bringing up that thing, whatever that thing is, because he wants to see healing take place. Not comfortable, but it's important. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Trusting. Well, one step at a time. Uh, follow the leader, as uh, Jacinda talked to us about a little while ago. All right, so, so far, what I've learned about being a dad, about God, being there makes a difference. Always remain curious. Compassion is part of his nature. Obedience brings growth. And perhaps you can tell what the next one is going to start with. If I just pause a little bit. I can't see you in the room, but I just want to see the penny drop. <laughs> the next one is that nothing can separate you from his love. Like what uh, Ben mentioned uh, in the little vid that we watched um, earlier, and Simeon as well, you know, just that, that thought of kind of, I thought I kind of understood what God's love was until I, I held my first child in, in my arms, or, or Keon's description of, of God's mad love, uh, his mad love rather, towards um, Eliana Grace and God's mad love towards us. Um, for me, I've always been surprised at that sort of, that extra bit of love that I had for my kids. You know, like if you take up a new sport or a new hobby or something, you know, you acknowledge that as you pick something up, something, you've got to put something down. So if you, if you start to play soccer, uh, you've got to maybe put down hockey, you know, like, and just your, your heart towards that thing shifts and change. And I was always surprised that when a child came along or another child came along, it's like there was just this whole extra bit that was added 
to my heart. You know, like it wasn't that my love for Rach uh, diminished at all or my love for the other people within within my world. There was just this this whole extra bit uh, that God sort of seemed to add to my heart, which is a very natural experience for many. You know, uh, children can be hard work at times, right? Uh, And actually, no matter what age or stage that they're at, Children can be, can be hard work, but when we have that sort of moment of reflection of stepping back or like Peter uh, mentioned about, uh, you know, watching them while they sleep, uh, you know, there is just, oh man, I just, I love this kid. And so you are to God. You can be hard work at times. I can be hard work to God at times, but yet nothing can separate you from his love and his heart towards you. It's enduring, it's patient, it's welcoming, it's warm, it's strong. His love is eternal and unconditional. Romans 8, uh, 38, 39, famous verses. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love for you and me is perfect doesn't matter how how far you might feel away from God's love right now his love's towards you and it's for you nothing can separate you from his love and in in a moment uh, Chelsea and the team are going to lead us again man wasn't isn't the worship just amazing but Chelsea and the team are going to lead us. And and within the chorus of the song, it says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And as we sing this song, I just want to encourage you to let God speak into your heart. You know, maybe there's been something that uh, that I've talked about this morning that's kind of jumped out at you. Maybe there's something in the, in the attention or the attitude towards God that you just sense His Spirit's leading for you or, or maybe in the way that you see God. Maybe, maybe for you, you've never fully welcomed in the love of God to your own life. And, you know, this Father's Day, what, what day would be better than being able to do that just for yourself personally. I mean, you could just quietly pray a prayer along the lines of God, I I welcome you and your love into my life just as we sing this song. That might be something that's completely foreign to you or maybe something that you kind of sense that you did in some time in the past in your life, but you kind of drifted from from that reality for a bit, whatever it may be. Would you just, just pray, just ask for that love of God just to, to come and enter into your heart? Or like I say, there might be something else that we've, that we've spoken of that's just a great reminder of who God is to you and how he thinks about you. So happy Father's Day. 
Uh, I hope that you have a, a great rest of the day today. I'm just going to pray, and then, like I say, I'm going to pass over to Chelsea just to lead us in this final song, and then Matt's going to come and close us off for the morning. But bless you heaps. Whatever your day looks like, may you be filled with the knowledge of God's love for you. Let's pray. Father, we just so thank you for your love. We thank you that we can turn our hearts and our attention towards you, Lord. So just in these moments, Lord, we pray, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with your love. Come with your reality. We thank you that you are our perfect dad. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.